Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. I am your host, Quentin. Today is Wednesday, Wednesday, August 15th. Holy crap, I can't believe it's August. Right when September 1st hits, I'm jumping straight into the Halloween horror movies and the whole nine. It is awesome. Um, but I won't go really on a side tangent too much on horror movies because um, we got to talk baseball, right? We'll get into movie reviews for Halloween like come October. But either way, thanks for tuning in. Um, want to say thank you so much to everybody who left us a review on iTunes and Google Play uh, and, and, you know, got stickers. I hope you guys like the stickers. I got a made-off sticker mule, and they seem to be pretty good quality. They're nice, like, thick little boogers. I'm putting the stickers everywhere, too. Got them all over my laptop, all over my sound equipment. I'm about to get, like, some shirts made. We're going to get some Greatest Show Under at Koozies so us Cubs fans can drink excessive amounts of old-style beer because that's what we do. And I would imagine whatever team you're a favorite of, if you're a Cardinals fan, you might drink Schlafly beer. I love a good Schlafly beer, and you got to have a good koozie for it. So when we get the koozies, we will let you know, and then we'll mail you guys some koozies. But I hope everyone that left the review, hope you liked your stickers. If you didn't get your sticker yet, it's probably in the mail. But I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who shared the podcast, who left reviews, who's tweeted us, Facebooked us. Uh, we have an Instagram that we use a lot now, too, so thanks for that as well. And just ultimately, thanks for listening. It makes it fun when people listen. <laughs> you know, I'm just not talking baseball myself. I love to talk baseball with people, and it means a ton that people, you know, anytime anyone leaves like a kind word, shares the podcast, shares any sort of status we have, it means a ton. I never thought a weirdo like me would ever be able to talk and record baseball. But if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I'm recording right now. No one's kicked me off the internet yet. So thank you for listening. The first topic I believe I want to talk about, I want to unpack the Ben Zobris situation. So Ben Zobris, a phenomenal guy, right? Uh, when I lived in Franklin, Tennessee, he lived in Franklin, Tennessee. I never saw the guy, though. I didn't. Oddly, at the time, I didn't know he lived in Franklin, Tennessee when I lived in Franklin, Tennessee, because if I knew that, I would have stalked him like pretty hardcore. I mean, like, just I would hang out at downtown Franklin, wait for him to, like, ride his bike through. I know that sounds weird, but that's how much I like Ben Zobris. I like Ben Zobris enough to where I would stalk him and get a misdemeanor. Like, I don't like him felony stalking level. I for sure like him misdemeanor level because if I have a misdemeanor, I think I could still get a job. <laughs> um, but if I have a felony for stalking, there's no way I'm getting a job. So misdemeanor level like is how much I like Ben Zobris. But a couple days ago, good old Zorilla, he received his first ejection of his entire career. Hard to believe because Benny's like 34 or 35. To not have been ejected in a baseball game for that long, that's the equivalent of A.C. Green not having sex for 40 years. That's a hard thing to do, but Ben Zobrist somehow did it. Right now, I know if I was a baseball player, I would be like the Bobby Cox of ejections, right? Nobody, I don't believe anyone in the history of the game has been thrown out more times in Major League Baseball than Bobby Cox has. God bless his heart. That's a baseball guy right there, but... Ben Zobris following in, you know, the path of guys like, oh, hold on, hold on. Ooh, sorry, if your phone hiccuped there, I had some audio problems. <laughs> um, rookie podcast. We really know what we're doing here at the Sweet Bee Studios. Um, ben Zobris has followed in the path of great Cubs ejections like 
John Lackey, Carlos Zambrano, Sweet Lou Pinella. Ben Zobris has been ejected for the first time. Great ejection. Now, what Ben Zobris said to an umpire, listen, was really, really funny. <laughs> Post-game, Ben Zobris is like, well, here's what got me ejected. I told the umpire, I said, this is why we want electronic strike zones. That's what got me kicked out. Ben Zobers literally told an umpire, this is why Ben Zobers told Phil Cuzzy, this is why we want electronic strike zones. Because of you. Because you suck. That's basically what Ben Zobers said. <laughs> so that got him, obviously that got him kicked out of the game. Now that's really, really funny. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Like, that's a pretty legit way to get kicked out of a game. Now, I shared a story um, actually, I tweeted, I shared my tweet on Twitter about what I thought of the Ben Zobris ejection, and it wasn't really a popular one. A few people agreed with me on it. M most people on the Ben Zobris ejection agree with Ben Zobris because there are a lot of people out there that are for an electronic strike zone. Now, I'm not against an electronic strike zone, but I'm not for an electronic strike zone. To be honest with you, I have no problem with umpires in today's game and how they call the game. Instant replay could be used a little better. In instant replay could be employed a little better, a little quicker, more firmer rules behind the time allowed to review the play and the time that managers have to decide if they want to review a play. But I had the reason why I'm not for or against an electronic strike zone, because I don't have a problem with the way umpires are calling games. Right? I just don't. From what I've watched this year in Major League Baseball, an umpire, watch any game, an umpire that's calling a game, they seem to be pretty consistent. If... I've seen any. They've got to be very, very few and far between so far that I can't remember. But I don't really have a problem with the way any umps are calling the game right now. I simply don't. So, umps generally, though, they get a lot of calls wrong, I guess. But they're not wrong to the point where they're, like, totally egregious. Like, obviously, we've seen bad calls that piss us off. But the reason why I really don't have a problem with the way umps are calling games is, one, because they're consistent and two, it adds to the skill required to play the game of baseball, right? Pitchers work a strike zone because strike zones aren't the same every game. Strike zones change during different situations. I actually took that. We had a Twitter uh, remark from a guy named Mike Pescatori who said he likes the human element of a called strike zone because that's how really great pitchers work the strike zone. And that's how really great hitters succeed because they know the strike zone really well. This human element of a strike zone, game by game by game, is part of the difficulty of baseball. And really, it's part of the beauty of great baseball players. And I don't think umps are doing a bad job. I think they're consistent. But also, for every bad call a hitter on your favorite team gets, well, they're going to get a good call. The pitcher, favorite pitcher on your team, they're going to benefit from calls, right? It's not that one player is getting singled out 
over bad calls. To me, it, it, it's the game's still fair, and that's part of the game. It really is. So I might lean towards a non-electronic strike zone because I like the umps and the human element being part of the game. But I'm going to read to you verbatim my tweet. So you can go at Greatest Show, at Greatest on Dirt on Twitter. Here's the exact tweet I have, and it's with the video of Ben Zobris looking at a 3-2 strike. Pretty much over all these players griping about the strike zone. Borderline pitch, you've got to protect the plate and be swinging in this situation. Can't blame the umps. Every player benefits from good calls. Sometimes gets axed on bad ones. What Ben Zobris said... Brother, I think it is extremely funny. It's also a little bullshit, right? The Chicago Cubs are my favorite team, but I'm not a a pure homer. You understand? I will tell it like it is and how I feel about the Chicago Cubs. I'm not the type of person who's going to look at a bad situation and somehow paint the good in it, which is what Joe Madden does a lot, and it's really my only beef against Guys like Joe Madden, guys like Gabe Kapler, guys like Dave Martinez putting these positive spins on bad things that happen in the game instead of post-game being like, yeah, our pitcher pitched like shit. That never happens with Joe Madden, right? Jose Quintana can go five innings and give up 10 runs, and he'll say, well, towards the end there, Jose Quintana was starting to settle down and had good pitches. No, he didn't, and he never had good pitches, right? That's the type he is. I'm not a particular Cubs fan that's like that. So in this situation, I don't agree with Ben Zobrist. Number one, it was a 3-2 count. So he was swinging with, he had two strikes on him, and this was a borderline pitch. Under no circumstance can a Major League Baseball player leave the success of his team in scoring runs and putting the ball in play in limbo by putting that control and that power solely in the umpire's hands to dictate the game. It cannot happen, especially on a borderline pitch. Ben Zobris needs to put that ball in play. At the time, Ben Zobris struck out on this 3-2 pitch. It was the bottom of the sixth inning, a runner on second, and no out. It was very important that Ben Zobris put that ball in play. And deep down, Ben Zobris knows he should have put that ball in play. It was a hittable pitch. If you look at your TV and look at that rectangular strike zone, the height of that pitch was right in the middle of the strike zone. But the amount that little circle was outside of that rectangular box, if it were any closer, it would have been on the edge of the box. I don't think you could get this pitch any closer to the strike zone without putting it in the strike zone. That's how borderline of a pitch this was. It was very much Ben Zobris. He can hit opposite field. 2016 World Series, guys. When he drove in, who did he drive in? Whoever. Oh, (laughs) when Albert Almora scored on Benny's double in the World Series, Ben Zobris hit that thing opposite way. This ball was perfect for Ben Zobris to hit the opposite way down the field and get a double. He strikes out looking. He wants to blame Phil Cuzzy. There was no post-game comment about 
I could have hit that ball, and I could have put it in play. He continued to argue with Phil Cuzzy for multiple innings, finishing off his argument by saying the really funny statement of, this is why we want an electronic strike zone, and getting kicked out of the game, and then proceeding to keep complaining about it post-game. The Chicago Cubs are my favorite team, so don't tell me that I'm some sort of weird Cubs hater and I got a problem with Ben Zobras. I'm purely objective in this situation. And I'm telling you, I want my favorite players on my favorite team taking ownership post-game. Stop griping to the umpires and about the umpires. Take control of your performance. Take control of your situation and put the damn ball in play. Stop with the griping. Todd Frazier went on a tear this earlier this summer so much that he wanted to have a conversation with Rob Manfred. He wanted to sit down with Rob Manfred and talk strike zone with him because he thinks umpires are doing so bad. Buddy, umpires are consistent. Todd, if you get a bad call, just know your pitcher is going to get the same call because umps are consistent. I haven't seen a ton of consistency problems this year. Right, and I watch a lot of baseball. I watch an unhealthy amount of baseball. I watch so much baseball, I don't watch the news. I don't know what's going on in world affairs. I don't. I can tell you what Tony Kemp on the Houston Astros is hitting. You don't know who he is unless you're a Houston Astros fan. I can tell you those things. I, I, I just can, right? I can tell you all about David Bodie's history and how long he was in the minor leagues. I don't know what's going on in the world affairs of North Korea and Donald Trump. Have no clue. That's how much baseball I watch. One could say that I watch a dangerous amount of baseball because I'm such an uninformed American. That's how much baseball I watch. The strike zone, it's been pretty consistent this year with umps. Right, so this whole thing goes both ways, right? Ben Zobas didn't get a bad call. Everyone gets bad calls. And, Benny, your pitchers benefit from those bad calls. Let's just hope John Lester can maybe benefit from some more bad calls. He's got a 10 ERA since the All-Star break. It's like a 10.38, right? That's a touchdown, an extra point, and a field goal. That's not good, my man. And that's part of the reason why I have a problem with this. Ben, like, these players have to realize griping or about the strike zone – Griping about the strike zone. What's that do to a major league baseball player? It causes them to lose focus on what's important, and that's clutch situational hitting. And that's why I don't like it. Take that time, your mind, baseball. And I talk about this a lot. I'm a big Zen guy and about the mind trying to grasp, grasp the mind and doing too many things. And the mind is easily distracted. And in this situation, this sounds lame, dude. I'm sorry, but this is how I feel. With Ben Zobra, it's like griping so much and focusing on like these strike zones. It takes him out of the situation in the future. Guys like Ben Zobra, guys that are complaining about calls, they need to take ownership of their situation. They need to take control of their situation. And they need to succeed in that situation to relinquish control to umpires and say it's their fault because they made a bad call, that takes all of the control away from the player. That's what I don't like about the Ben Zobras comment. Ben Zobras needs to take ownership. He needs to take control. 
And so does every other Major League Baseball complaining about the strike zone. Every Major League Baseball player. The balls can't control the strike zone. The players can't control the strike zone. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. Greatest show on dirt. Next segment we've got... Okay, before I get into the next subject, I've got to talk about this, right? So, I do a lot of eBay shopping, and I buy a lot of baseball stuff off eBay, right? I've got, I've got a proper eBay addiction, and I buy cards like a madman. Like, on eBay, I'm just going to throw out a couple cards that I've bought that are completely random. Number one, a Todd Van Poppel rookie card eBay will have you buy an Upper Deck Todd Van Poppel rookie cards. It was one of my favorite cards when I was a kid, and I've lost it because, like any other kid, I just shoved them in my GT Performer bike spokes because I wouldn't have a motorcycle for a day, right? So I got that card, and then one of my favorite cards, I believe it's an 88 Don Russ, Felix Jose, Oakland Athletics rookie card. Right? I love eBay because that's the type of stuff I buy. So I'm cruising on eBay just like I do every day at work because I don't want to actually work. I just rather like cruise eBay and look for vintage baseball stuff. I get on an 8-bit Nintendo kick, right? And that automatically makes me think of baseball stars for Nintendo. You know what I'm talking about. The greatest baseball video game of all time is baseball stars for Nintendo. The American Dreams, Lefty, Babe, Pete, Joe, Jay, Willie, the American freaking dream, Cy, Dizzy, Denny, the best pitching staff ever, the American Dreams. Baseball stars, the best video game baseball game ever. It's better than the current version of MLB The Show 2018 on PlayStation 4. It's better. Trap me on a desert island. Say, Quentin, you get one video game. What would that be? Um, yes, it would be Baseball Stars for NES. You betcha. So on eBay, right, Nintendo came out with that mini classic NES. Right, it's a little baby Nintendo with 30 games built in. Well, there's a dude in New York that uploaded on the hard drive of this thing 780 the real-life Nintendo games, right? Now, I was skeptical. I paid $110 for it. I got a buddy at work who was like, dude, when you get that in the mail, tell me if it's legit or tell me if it's bootleg. Bro, when you turn on this Nintendo, it's got the cover art for 780 Nintendo games. I played Baseball Stars for four hours on Saturday. My thumbs hurt, and I had a headache because I was standing so close to my 65-inch television. That's a lot different than the 13-inch one I played on when I was a kid. Because that's what I played baseball stars on. Playing baseball stars on a 65-inch $2,000 Samsung TV is the shit, my man. If you like baseball stars and you like an 8-bit Nintendo, go to eBay and buy this. Dude, I'll put the link like in the podcast description. I bring that up not only to start fights and say that Baseball Stars is the greatest baseball game ever, but we're going to start going Twitter and Facebook Live talking baseball, right? I got a tripod that holds my cell phone right here in the studio. I can go live, but what I'm going to do while I'm live, 
talking baseball is I'm going to be playing baseball stars and then RBI baseball while I'm talking baseball. So you guys can see me be the American dreams and see Lefty and Pete just slog homers. Dude, it's going to be so good. You know, it's going to be uh, the American dreams versus like the SNK crushers. Like it's legit. And I don't have the actual cartridge for it. And I'm going to end it with this. We'll go into the next topic, which is Barry Bonds, right after this. So last Saturday, I was on a bidding war for a mint cartridge baseball stars, cartridge for Nintendo. Sucker is mint. Still had the box. Still had the instruction manual. I was going to put it as a display in the studio on my shelves. I'm collecting baseball memorabilia. And baseball stars, baseball video games mean a ton to me, dude. Sega, all the RBI baseballs for Sega, love them. That's what I'm going to get next for the studio is a Sega so we can all play RBI baseball when I got Courtney and Cody in here. It's going to be a blast. So I'm sitting in front of my phone in the studio. The ticker on eBay, bro, it's ticking down. One minute, 59, 58, 57, 20, 19, 18. I'm lead bid, lead bid. Within three seconds of bidding closing, I get outbid by two different people, and I lose the game. I lost it. I lost the bidding war for a mint baseball stars cartridge. It was going to cost me $25 plus like 10 shipping. I lost it. I could have cried. I broke down right here in the studio. It was a trying moment for me. Trying moment trying moment I almost I still it kills me on the inside right now it's like Ryan Gosling losing Rachel McAdams in the notebook for all those years and then he builds her a house right I haven't built a house yet but my heart is suffering loss because I lost this it makes me so mad I had it in my hands too eBay is a cold cold bidding war I lost dude god it's pisses me off right now I'll tell you that if you think there's a better baseball game tweet us if you're listening to this podcast right now you get on your Twitter shut me off shut my loud mouth ass off get on Twitter at us greatest on dirt tell us what your favorite baseball game is of all time tell us I would love to know baseball video game tell me your favorite right now at greatest on dirt on Twitter or you can find us on Instagram at Greatest on Dirt or find us on Facebook just by like searching the Greatest Show on Dirt Baseball Podcast. You got to search Baseball Podcast though because there's some hillbillies out there doing some dirt track racing and they sometimes call it the Greatest Show on Dirt. So I had to put Baseball Podcast in my shit so you can find me because there are a lot of hillbillies out there who sometimes get a little amped up because they don't like baseball. And they're like, this isn't the Greatest Show on Dirt. Like, okay, dude, and this also isn't a dentist, and you obviously need one. So please go to the dentist and get a cleaning. Have you ever heard of flaws? <laughs> like, come on. Dude, greatest show on dirt, which you're listening to. Next topic. Last weekend, Barry Bonds got number 25 retired. Over there at AT&T Park. The AT&T Park that he built. Willie Mays says verbatim vote this guy in Willie Mays Willie Mays that of the greatest center fielder of all time Willie Mays 
you, you have to listen to Willie Mays at some point, right? Willie Mays says I should vote a player in. Willie Mays is a Hall of Famer. We should probably listen to him, right? Here's my question. Should Barry Bonds be elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Willie Mays thinks Barry Bonds should be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. But we've got 1995 to 2005, whatever the years are for the steroid era. I mean, we know Jose and Mark were taking them like in 88. So maybe the steroid – I think the most hardcore steroid era is probably like 95, 96 to 05, right? That's when people were the most yoked, bro. Like that's when Mark McGuire was on the back of Sports Illustrated with a milk mustache and like 22-inch biceps. The dude was huge. Right, so steroid era baseball, right? W what do we do with these guys, right? Pudge Rodriguez is in the Hall of Fame. He took steroids. Mike Piazza is in the Hall of Fame. Him of the 70, 69th round took steroids. Like, we know those things. Not really up for speculation or hearsay. Or those guys took steroids. Like, we know so. Okay. Barry Bonds, though. Should Barry Bonds be elected to the Hall of Fame? Now, Barry Bonds is a different class of guy. Electing Mike Piazza to the Hall of Fame when we know he took steroids, or Yvonne Rodriguez to the Hall of Fame when we know he took steroids, those guys didn't do what Barry Bonds did. They didn't do what Mark McGuire did. They didn't do what Sammy Sosa did. Right? What those guys do? They took away our home run chases, right? I was born in 83, so I remember 92, 93, 94, beginning every season, and I would watch SportsCenter every morning with my dad. He'd wake up at 5 a.m. I'd wake up at 5 a.m. He'd be drinking coffee, watching SportsCenter. That's what I would do. Now, we watched every sport, right? So we watched a lot of Jennifer Capriati. We watched a lot of Jack Nicklaus, right? Golf, tennis, whatever. I knew the rules of tennis and golf because of SportsCenter, not because I ever played those sports in my life. I just knew, right? We, that's what we did. That's what me and my dad did. We enjoyed every sport together. He was my baseball coach. He taught me how to play baseball, but we enjoyed every sport. Now, every spring when baseball season would start, There'd be huge talk. Will Tony Gwynn bat 400? Will Griffey break the home run record? Or Frank Thomas or Matt Williams? And all the talk of baseball, you had this ginormous, right, immeasurable amount of excitement watching guys slug baseball, wondering if they were going to break the most important, the most sacred record in all of baseball, right? Ted Williams, 406. Roger Maris, 61, right? Okay, that's huge. Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, they are hated more than every other steroid user. Right? Alex Rodriguez is on Sunday Night Baseball every week. He's pretty much accepted by society at this point. He failed multiple drug tests and got caught like buying steroids off some anti-aging guy in Florida, which is what you do in Florida. Buy dollar scratchers, get a case of Bush Light, and find an anti-aging guy, I guess, and get some steroids. That's what, that's what A-Rod did, dude. And, but, like, we like A-Rod, all right? A-Rod didn't take our records away, right? A-Rod didn't take away, you know, 755. A-Rod didn't take away, you know, 61. It just didn't happen, dude. You know, it was uh, Barry that did that. It was Mark that did that. It was Sammy that did that. Dude, we hate those guys, right? They ruined our records. But when is it time 
to acknowledge what baseball has been throughout all these years and put these guys in the Hall of Fame, point blank. Do I think Barry Bonds should be elected to the Hall of Fame? Absolutely 100% do, right? I'm not talking about Sosa, not talking about McGuire. I'm going to put the sole focus on Barry Bonds. Should Barry Bonds be elected in the Hall of Fame? Unequivocally, 100% without a doubt. Yes, 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 yes. No question about it. You might hate me for it because you say he cheated and took steroids, right? Barry Bonds, before he ever took an injection from Greg Anderson, was one of the best baseball players we had ever seen. Now, that's not my sole reasoning for putting him into the Hall of Fame. It's not. There are players in today's game that take steroids and don't get caught. Baseball players today, they aren't as big as they were, right? So one could say, baseball players don't take steroids. They're not big anymore. They're not Jose Canseco big or McGuire big or Sosa big or god dang Barry Bonds big. Google Barry Bonds and click on images, bro. There's a picture on there where he's wearing a wig and he's got like a shirt that's supposed to look feminine that shows his shoulders. Dude looks like he's about to ready to enter an NPC competition, bro. Huge. I think his baseball card said 62225 at about 30, my man. Right? 62255 sounds about right. Okay? But everyone, they're, what I was getting at is this. Players today aren't as big. Doesn't mean they're not taking steroids. Players today, they got a microdose steroids or they take less steroids. They take faster-acting steroids, right? When Ryan Braun failed his drug test, it's because he got greedy. Because the steroids he were taking, they were going to come out of his system in like a day or two. But he doubled up one night because the chances of him getting drug tested were pretty slim to none at that point based on the schedule he was going on. So he doubled up. Drugs didn't clear his system in time, right? I worked with the guy at a gym when I first moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And he talked about college. He went to like a, not even like a real popular college to like play football at. And he was talking about their trainers giving them like quick acting, like faster release, shorter half-life steroids and like microdosing these steroids, taking them, you know, because if they've got a shorter half-life, they get out of your system quicker, right? This happens. Players today, if... I'm of the belief that if you're an athlete on the highest level, you're taking something or have taken something to get there. That's the nature of competition, okay? Just because Barry Bonds was the best at it in an era where everyone was taking the heavy stuff, it's not a reason to leave him out of the Hall of Fame. Now, I can sit back all day and say he cheated, but it's quite naive to say that your favorite athletes don't take steroids. You don't think swimmers like Ryan Lochte and Michael Phelps take stuff? But if you're on that level, you're on something. It is what it is. I'm not saying that everybody is. But Barry Bonds only took steroids because Barry Bonds had to take steroids. He sat back in 98 and watched two juiced-out dudes on pro hormones and steroids just yakking home runs left and right. He said, I want in on it. That's what he did. So let me try to paint this picture. My justification is this. I don't think Barry Bonds is a bad guy because he took steroids. Barry Bonds took steroids to stay competitive in the game he loved because everyone was taking steroids. 
when you're in this athletic circle, you don't look at steroids as being illegal. I mean, anabolic steroids, if you do a ton of research on them, they don't really do the things that the media says. They don't do the things that the Ben Affleck after school special said. They're still illegal. You shouldn't do them because they're illegal, but they're not these killers, right? It's like the guy said on Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Like if steroids are killing people, like show me where the bodies are. Anabolic steroids are like marijuana, right? That's about what they're like, okay? So Barry Bonds taking steroids isn't nearly as bad as Ty Cobb being a racist. That's a 10. Barry Bonds taking steroids is a 1. Everyone in the game took steroids. It was an accepted culture. When you're in a world where everything's accepted, you're head down in that world, and you don't think about anything else because this is all you know. Barry was playing the game in the accepted way that that game was played at that particular time. Barry Bonds deserves to go in the Hall of Fame because Barry Bonds is not a cheater. I'm going to repeat this. Barry Bonds is not a cheater. Barry Bonds did not cheat the game of baseball. Barry Bonds played the game the way the game was supposed to be played at the time it was being played. Everyone was doing it. It was accepted culture. Bud Selig allowed it to be accepted culture. But yet we can love Bud and we can hate Barry because Barry took our records. Mark took our records. Sammy took our records. Now, me personally, I don't think Sammy Sosa is a Hall of Famer. By his war and what he did in the game, I don't think Sammy's a Hall of Famer. I'm a Cubs fan. I don't think Sammy's a Hall of Famer. Mark McGuire, I don't think Mark's a Hall of Famer. I just don't. Neither of those guys were the athlete that Barry Bonds was. Barry Bonds is generational talent. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. And to sum it up, he belongs in the Hall of Fame because he's not a cheater. Barry did not cheat the game of baseball. That's not going to be a popular opinion. Please continue to listen to the podcast, but I stand by it. I really believe Barry should be in the Hall of Fame. He played the game under the accepted culture that the game was being played under. Jeff Bagwell's in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell probably took steroids. Barry was the best of them all. Barry took our records. Put the guy in. Hopefully, you know, I think Willie May saying that he should go, and I think that can affect some guys. But it seems to be, man, you got guys on the inside that just really don't want that because they think they cheated the game. But I think it's so important to tell the story of the game of baseball. I've said this on multiple episodes with a lot of good guests on the show. It's very important to tell the story of baseball because baseball has always been popular forever because baseball has so many parallels with the human experience and the way we live our lives. And the steroid era tells that story just like the human experience, just like us as humans. We're not perfect. Right? We make mistakes. We do really bad things sometimes. But let's not act like Barry Bonds did something really, really, really bad. <laughs> right? He basically... Smoked weed. Like, I, dude, this is going to cause probably a huge argument on Twitter. But that is, as far as the danger level and how many people die from steroids every year and stuff, 
like WWF wrestlers dying is a little bit different because they take a lot of different stuff, painkillers and those sorts of things. Coke, right? Eddie Guerrero. Um, those are the sorts of things that give you a heart attack, right? There aren't bodies from steroids. Steroids aren't this god-awful thing, right? What the, the media has blown out of proportion, what a steroid is, what a steroid does, right? Guys that take steroids generally work harder than everybody else. That's why they take him in the first place. Barry Bonds worked harder than everyone else. Barry Bonds was better than everyone else. And Barry Bonds was playing the game just like everyone else. It's not a cheater. deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Greatest show on dirt. We'll close out this portion of the episode. We'll get into a few things next episode. Probably, I think the next episode, I'll record it. It'll probably be uploaded late tomorrow or the day after. We're going to talk some NL Central. We've got to talk Cubs and Cardinals. The Cardinals are playing really good baseball. And as a Cubs fan, that scares the living shit out of me because I do not trust the Cardinals team ever. I don't. I don't. The Cardinals right now are Patrick Bateman off American Psycho. That's what's happening right now. You think they're good and nice, but they're going to cut you up with an axe in your face behind your back and take your division, right? And that's it. So we're going to talk about Cubs, Cardinals, and shoot, kids, I think we'll end it at that. So thanks for listening. We're about 37 minutes. You guys have a great night. And if you haven't received your greatest show on Dirt Baseball podcast stickers, leave us a review. iTunes, Google Play. If you leave us a review, please screenshot that review. Send it to us through a direct message. You can send us a direct message on Instagram on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, We will leave the links to that in this podcast description as well. I'd love to send you guys some stickers. I've got a few left, and they're awesome, dude. They look good on a laptop, I'll tell you that much. And they look good on that dent on your car when you backed into the shopping cart corral and, like, dented your bumper. Yeah, just put a greatest show under a baseball sticker over it. It'll be awesome. But other than that, you guys have a phenomenal night, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.